Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Spencer Graham, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pezek, Toj, and Samuel Chesser for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching Haunted Holidays. Between me saying welcome and yes. you saying the next bit. Yes, there was. 410 episodes in and you're still having trouble with this, huh? I, I legitimately almost just repeated welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. I was looking at the wrong one and I heard you say your part and I'm like, wait, I'm wrong. And I, I had to rush to figure it out again. Like I had to go down the stairwell of my mind to get to the second part of the script. He had to rush to it. The written script yes. I have pulled up on the screen. Absolutely. In that pause, and you know what? I hope you don't edit it out so that this makes sense. During that, you know what? No, edit it, but edit in the sound of me hurrying down a flight of stairs. When you're not trying to steal my lines, you're trying to make me do all this extra work to make your stupid jokes work. Okay, no, Amelia, I am- Typical man! I am under no illusions. The joke will still not work. It will confuse and confound our audience. And and at the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas! Are we going to hurt them this much at Christmas? It's August 17th right now. I don't understand that, Amelia, because we just watched a Christmas special. Well, perhaps we- Shouldn't have taken all the breaks we did before now, and maybe this would have lined up a little better with Christmas. I feel like one time we lined up with a Christmas special, and that felt rather magical. It was like November. Yeah. And I think it was the Nutcracker Scoop. Like, there was a- legitimately, there was snow on the ground, and that was novel for us recording a Christmas episode. And but there's nothing novel about this. Th there isn't- I- I would differ with you on that. I thought there were some really good ideas here. Uh, it is the same sort of setup as we had for Spooky Games. It's a special DVD-exclusive episode. This one appeared on Scooby-Doo 13 Spooky Tales Holiday Chills and Thrills. Yes, they tend to theme these things. Well, they do, but at the very least, you didn't have to watch Laugh Olympics alongside of this one. So this one, I would say... Uh, there's a chance that more people have actually seen it. 
I didn't have to watch Laugh Olympics along with the last one. No. Everyone who did is a sucker. <laughs> you have free will and can do of your own accord. But yeah, at first glance here, uh, it's Christmas time. The gang seemed to be, well, most of the gang seemed to be participating in the, like, Macy's Day Parade. Shaggy and Scooby off to the side. Uninvited. Velma and Daphne, yep, up on the floats, that's all good. Fred, standing next to the owners of the mall, great place of honor. Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> attending the parade. Yeah, what makes you think that they weren't invited as opposed to didn't want to do it? Have they ever wanted to do anything in their lives? Well, that hasn't been motivated by food or fright. Couldn't they have at least stood next to the owners with Fred? No. Like, uh, that's what I feel like the owners were like, hey, we would like all of Mystery Incorporated to participate. Fred, Daphne, and Velma. And that is Mystery Incorporated. That is. I mean, it, in terms of mystery solving, it, also, it usually is. the guy that owns this toy store, maybe he saw Scooby and Shaggy eating a sandwich, decided it was disgusting. Right. Rightly decided it was disgusting, and that he didn't want that as the image for his already failing business. That makes sense. You put Shaggy and Scooby up on a float, you know that float's probably gonna crash. And if there's even a hint of a food theme, they're going to destroy it. Whether it's made out of styrofoam or they're, flowers or whatnot, they are going to eat that gingerbread house on that float. Are, the float is going to show up in front of the store. The eyes of the children are going to line up and it's just going to be Shaggy and Scooby, their bellies distended, chicken wire all around them as they have eaten everything on that float. Yeah, it's all fiberglass, Shaggy. Why would you do this? Oh, like I'm gonna need my Pepto Bismol. Gonna need serious surgery is what you're going to need. That's fiberglass. <laughs> the uh the Toronto Santa Claus parade, which is actually what the Macy's Day parade rips off. Yeah. The uh, original. Used to have a Scooby Doo float, Scooby Doo themed float. Because Canada's Wonderland, which is Toronto's right. amusement park, used to have a deal with Paramount, which had a deal with Warner Brothers, which made, like, their kids' area Hanna-Barbera-themed. Yep. And they had the Scooby-Doo Ghoster Coaster. Of course. Yeah, there, there were a lot of uh, Hanna-Barbera lands around. But I specifically remember the one at Wonderland, because, obviously, I don't travel. That's the only one I ever went to. <laughs> Ghoster Coaster was great. Oh, it was wooden. I it think still is wooden. It is. I, it's peanuts themed <laughs> nowadays, I believe. Because nothing spookier than Charlie Brown. Have you seen that kid? How come he never grows any hair? Terrifying. His father is a barber, canonically. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he tries to ruin his own business by doing it poorly on his child. I think he's, you know, he, he gets very little business. And so he when he, he gets the urge to cut, he... <laughs> It's not a good situation. My at first glance is that the Christmas song about demanding figgy pudding is already threatening enough without a marching band blaring it as they stomp towards the camera. <laughs> it's like an army. <laughs> They're not going to go until they get some figgy pudding. So bring it right here. It's a terrible song. Yeah, it's not my favorite. We all know my favorite. The... Feast of St. Stephen's one? Hell yeah, it's good King Wenceslas. 
<laughs> uh, premise for this episode. I will spare you me singing Good King Wenceslas. Thank you. And, As again, uh, it is August 17th. It is August 17th. Um, and here's a premise. Scooby-Doo and the gang participate in a Menkel's Toy Store's holiday parade, where they discover the abandoned clock tower with a troubled past. A sinister snowman haunts the streets, and accompanied with a large blizzard, threatens to close down the toy store for good. This is 22 minutes of Scooby-Doo. That is a lot of premise. <laughs> 22 minutes of premise. Like, I feel like, leave the blizzard out of it, because that's like, ooh, shocking twist. It's snowing a bit. Yeah, and I didn't need to know about the abandoned haunted clock tower here in this premise. Let me find out something when I watch it. Also, I believe you'll find in the episode it's only ever referred to as a glockenspiel. It is. It is. And it's not even haunted. It's just frozen. Yeah. Because it's open to the elements and it's winter. There's, so. there's like an unassociated haunted house across the street. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get into this, listeners. Don't you worry. If you're feeling lost, probably still be lost, quite honestly. This is, it's, yeah. I don't know why you listen to this to figure out what happens. Just watch it. Come to us after. I want to start with the Daphne dilemma because I have zero notes for Daphne. Moving on! I, I wrote down just at the beginning, um, let's do a fashion report. Oh, good. Because da- <laughs> right off the back of our last fashion report, Daphne and Velma are handing out candy canes from one of the floats, and uh, they both wear elf costumes, but Daphne uh, wears more of like a classic Santa-style hat, whereas Velma is wearing this very elven ting- like, da- Velma looks like an elf on a shelf. Whereas Daphne is like make it fashion. Velma looks like Tingle from the Legend yes. of Zelda series, and Daphne looks sexy because the costume designers of the float were like, "Well, obviously she's beautiful. Look at her." And then they saw Velma, and they were like, "Well, it's a gremlin, right? <laughs> we'll put her in the dog costume." Oh lord! <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I do have to say, it's a Christmas episode. After they are done on the float. It's straight into winter wear, and my heart goes a tingle. Goes a tingle? My heart, yeah. Well, Is this it, because I said the it's name It's because you said tingle. Yeah, absolutely, that's the reason. My other note for Daphne is a bit of a downer, because I feel like there is a scene where she has to play mother to Fred. Fred finds a bunch of rockets in the attic, and he goes like, Can I keep them? Can I keep them, Daphne? And Daphne has to be like, No, no, Fred. Not until you finish your dinner. Like, it feels, it feels very stern, very motherly. And I'm like, it's not Daphne's responsibility to determine whether Fred keeps some rockets that he finds. No, a, but I think he'll find... Uh, this isn't the store. He finds them in the attic of the abandoned mansion. Finders keepers, mm. bitch. Secondly, it's women's lot in life to immediately be slotted into the mother category if she's not in the fucking category. This one has no chemistry between Daphne and Fred, so she is the mother, not the lover. I'm just pointing that out as an issue. Yes, it yeah. is. But, like, we have to because if you guys just had control of your own lives, you would find rockets in an abandoned <laughs> mansion and then just start firing them off while they're pointed at your face. 
I did think it was rather foolish of Fred to want to use those rockets. Obviously, women have to step in and be like, don't fucking do that! This is why women live longer. Uh, what about Velma, since we have so very little for Daphne? Her winter wear, why doesn't she wear anything on her legs? She, she doesn't wear a coat either. She has a sweater that is just her regular sweater with a scarf and a hat. Velma, Velma runs very hot. She just wears her normal outfit and throws on a scarf. Her bare legs seem extra egregious in this raging blizzard. We've seen her in the wintertime before with bare legs, but I feel like never really in a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to go out maybe in a short sleeve shirt on a nice sunny winter day. You know, have that bare exposed skin, but it's like, oh, it's this, crisp. the sun shining on me, it's fine. But in the middle of a blizzard, you don't go out with bare skin exposed. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm with you. And I fucking California kids. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. That's the best they have for winter wear. Fred's got a wool jacket. <laughs> Cuz oh, he's he's from the Tahoe region, that yeah, orphanage he grew up in. Definitely Fred definitely does seem like someone who moved to California. He is not native. Tahoe is in California. What? I thought it was like an Oklahoma. Um Velma loses her glasses. Yep. Classic moment. She loses them. The monster comes and she sees it blurrily, but she does say, Now I wish I couldn't see it all. This, this monster terrifies her so. It's a fucking snowman. Calm down. <laughs> Maybe it looked worse while blurry. Although, it is a pretty scary snowman. I'll talk about that later. Velma gets split up from the gang by herself twice this episode. Once... In the Haunted Mansion, she has to explore the whole of the first floor of the abandoned house across the street from the toy store by herself. And the other time is in the intro. It's another cutesy animated little bit mm -hmm. for the opening. They're running from a snowman. They all get in little sleds that look like the mystery machine. Velma's by herself. Fred and Daphne in one sled. Shaggy and Scooby in the other. Whereas I would have put Shaggy with Velma and Scooby gets his own. So I don't know what the theme of this episode was. Velma's eternally alone. Merry fucking Christmas. Should we add a new member to the Scooby gang to pair Velma with? Because it, se it seems like... We tried to pair hot dog water, but no one was having that. Right. They did do that, didn't they? Hmm. It does seem like you need that odd number so that you can um, shift who's with who throughout. Like, you actually get some scenes here. Where Fred and Shaggy have teamed up together. So, and that was interesting and new to see. I mean, no, we've seen it many times because we've watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. But it's just not something we've seen, like, every week. Twice a week. For the last four years. Moving on to Fred. <laughs> the Fred factor. First note for Fred is that they are in this toy store, locked away from the snowman that attacks during the parade. The nephew of the owner of the toy store is just like, all right, stay in the toy store, you'll be safe. Fred's first goal is to uh, then go explore the Haunted Mansion, obviously, because you can't just sit down and shut up. Yeah. And he does this by saying, all right, gang, suit up. And suit <laughs> up in this situation means loot the toy store. Uh, can I actually say... How much I love the premise of this special, like, them being trapped in a toy store because of a blizzard, with, like, monsters trying to get in, 
feels like so classic horror movie to me. Like, there's this kind of a Day of the Dead vibe going on here. I got more Home Alone with all the toys. They use a yo-yo with a spring attached to it to unlock yep. a door. It, like Fred definitely does do that. tennis rackets as snowshoes, which is ridiculous. Like, this is not an end-of-the-world snowstorm. There are other people just walking around in the street. They could easily leave this place. The road's not even entirely closed down. A cop car <laughs> just drove past. It also kind of kills me that, like, in this department store, they don't just sell snowshoes. Like, that feel. I guess it is a dedicated... It's a toy Nine-level toy store. But it would have a sports section. Exactly. For sure, right? it exactly. would have sports shit. That's why they use tennis rackets as snowshoes. Yes. Because there's a sports If you have department. tennis rackets, you have snowshoes. My favorite moment of that, of them using toys for important business, is when Fred uses a kaleidoscope as a telescope. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> it would not help. <laughs> Should have just been dazzling colors and patterns that he's looking at, and then Daphne has to snatch it away. Yeah. I also really enjoyed how they use walkie-talkies in this special. And Fred uses the code name Ascot Boy, a name which equally feels like he gave it to himself proudly or the others gave it to him in jest. Isn't that the code name that Velma gives him in Mystery Incorporated? Oh, it might be. For like the Hodag episode? I think you're right. These might be standard code names. Wait, what was it? Ascot Boy or Scarf Boy? It, it was Ascot Boy here, okay, for sure. Okay, I think it was Scarf Boy in the Hodag of Horror. But we're hitting on common themes throughout. Yeah. Well, I also wrote down that Shaggy's was Fuzz Face. Do you remember, do you remember if that was in No, Hodag? I don't. Okay. I remember Smoking Hot Hottie, I think, is Daphne's. <laughs> so Daphne picked the code names. <laughs> Fred gets completely frozen into a block of solid ice yep. with the girls at one point, and he smashes out of it with sheer will alone. Shouldn't they just be dead? As a Come real on. boy, yes. But as, as, a, as, as a, an ascot boy, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the powers of the ascot, he breaks out of that ice with the sheer strength of his manly arms he elbows that elevator button, and the elevator smashes the ice for everyone. I've never known an elevator door to close like that. <laughs> no, it would sense it, and then open again. And then again. open again. And then after a while, it would just angrily beep. And that's not helping anyone. I right? would love it if Fred was trying to smash himself out, and you just had like, boo-doo, shh, boo-doo, come on, shh, boo-doo. See, that's a gag that would have happened if this had been a full-length movie. And can I say, this whole episode, I really feel it could have supported a movie. Yeah. There was a lot in here. You could have played up the, like, more Home Alone, even Die Hard elements. Does it feel a little like Die Hard with them being trapped in here? Yeah. You could get a yippee Kaye moment in yeah. here somewhere. It's just, it's kind of cool and claustrophobic. I like the, the limited space they have to work in. No, they broke it immediately by crossing the street to go to that abandoned house. Yeah. They're clearly not trapped there. This is not a Poseidon adventure where they're in an upside down boat. Like Or even, um, and I know, I know, it's none of these. I'm super stretching. But even like Stephen King's The Mist... 
because you have that moment where Santa Claus walks out <laughs> and is then, like, eaten by something. Yeah, I wrote down here for mean Santa. Hearing Santa be eaten alive in the fog of snow is distressing. It's fucking distressing and it sets us up and I love it. But we are not at minor mentions yet. We still have to talk about the shit... The shit show that is Shaggy and Scooby. Thank you. <laughs> I, I believe know. you'll find the scrappy shit show hasn't been in our I, in our categories for a while, Billy. So many times I start to say this and I say Shooby and Skaggy. <laughs> That's what my mouth wants to say. I think at one point I had Shaggy and Scooby and then I switched it to Scooby and Shaggy and it's just fucked me up. Uh, Scooby-Doo gets frozen solid very early on in this episode. I thought he mm -hmm. was dead. Uh, they're in the crowd of the Christmas parade, and probably just because they wanted to watch it. Yeah, probably. Like Because ooh. they're fucking children. Like, you know, the position that Fred and the owners were in, guess what? You couldn't catch any of the candy there. They yeah. needed to get closer. They're in the crowd demanding Velma throw them candy canes. Let's stand outside in the middle of a crowd, wait for hours to receive a candy cane from someone we already know. <laughs> In their arms before they beg for candy canes, full turkeys, fruit cakes, and like cinnamon rolls. What is being thrown off these floats? Okay, um. Uh, Honest Ed's used to do like a turkey thing. But they didn't throw them from a float. Yeah, you would just wait outside <laughs> Honest Ed's store, and the Mervish family would give you a frozen turkey. And it was like a Toronto holiday yeah. tradition. And like, they did not. Hurl them at you, no. cooked, or frozen off a float. If there's like a truck driving down the main street of your town, and there's a guy hucking turkeys out the back of it. That's a terrorist attack. Yeah. That's gonna hurt someone. It's gonna break, if they're frozen, it's gonna break windows. You, what you have is vandalism. Festive vandalism. Velma throwing that candy cane, though, actually leads to sort of the start of this mystery, because... Velma really fucking hucks it above Shaggy and Scooby's heads, so it lands on the yard of an old building across the street. The haunted house. That they then go to retrieve this one candy cane and initiate this whole horrifying string of circumstances. And I actually, I love the feel of it. The whole vibe of this old house on this, like, downtown street. Really feels like there probably were a bunch more houses here, but then this street was, you know, just developed over time. Zoning changed. But, you know, he held out. Didn't want to sell. Didn't want to tie balloons to his house and fly away. He stood firm. And now it's probably like a cultural heritage site, and they can't do anything with it. I, I do bet you that house is heritage protected. Well, then why isn't... Why is it in a complete state of disrepair? That's that's a that's a good question. It can't be heritage protected and also a dilapidated mess. Part of the heritage is that it has to look spooky. Well, for Coolsville, I'd believe that, <laughs> but we're not in Coolsville. We're somewhere with snow. Shaggy and Scooby are tasked with like standing guard at the front of the mall for a little while, and the best thing that they come up with during this period is to dress as nutcrackers. So that they can blend in with the others. Toy soldiers. They're not nutcrackers. Nutcrackers have a very distinct look. These guys are just soldiers. Okay. White pants, red jacket, 
you know getting what? that British colonial vibe going. I'll agree with you. My problem is I never really see toy soldiers outside of the Nutcracker. Fair enough. Yeah, and there was Nutcracker music going on in that sequence as well. I was expecting this whole thing to be like just a collection of tropes from Christmas specials. I mm-hmm. honestly thought we were about to get like a... The Mouse King is attacking the <laughs> Nutcracker part there when they were dressed like that. Ooh, how good would it be if that's where we could get in the Rat King that we were talking about in the sewers? Yeah. <laughs> the Rat King of the toy department store is... Old Man Jenkins! <laughs> He's not here to, like, drive the toy shop out of business or anything. He just <laughs> likes dressing as a Rat King. <laughs> it's his kink. Did you notice the old-timey sound effects when Shaggy and Scooby ran in the special? No, I didn't. It's been a while since I've actively noticed that. It might be in something previously, uh, but here I really noticed it. They were running, and there was like a whoop, 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 whoop. Or, you know, how it actually sounds. I'm just... My mouth, everybody. Did you notice the completely overused trope of the two of them standing in front of, like, the Fudhouse mirror and then the monster yeah. creeping up behind them? I uh, fucking hate that. We, My god. We were watching that, and I'm literally sitting here going... Five, four, three, two, one. And it appeared. A wall of ice that they're making goofy faces in. Because, again, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, there's a part in this special where they are super out of character. They hear a spooky noise and they go to investigate it without anyone telling them to. Of their own free will... They hear something weird, and they go to look to see what it is. I mean, you could say, like, that was when they were tasked with being guards. But they've been tasked with stuff and shirked their duties before. I don't buy it. They wouldn't go do it. They wouldn't hear a squelchy, scludgy sound and then be like, I'm gonna go see what that is. They wouldn't be like, well, time to move the plot forward. And is that when, like, they actually end up getting separated at one point. And Scooby-Doo looks to be, like, really close to getting murdered by this monster. And then Shaggy meets Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, I think that's vaguely this part. Yeah. Where Uh, the gang is frozen solid by ice and it's only Shaggy and Scooby. And then, uh, really real Santa Claus is here. Because... you, You gotta have that. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Now, Shaggy thinks that this is, like, the mean old Santa Claus who left, but I think we've been around the block or two a few times, and we know what's happening here, because this guy is nice, his voice is a little different, and do you notice he called them Norville and Scoobert? And he reached into his sack, gave Shaggy a remote control car to save Scooby with. Alright, so minor mentions. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about real Santa? Yes, we can. Right off the bat, because it's real Santa, everyone. Real Santa. With magic and ho-ho-ho jolliness. You know why he shows up? Because he senses <laughs> that the toy store is in trouble. How come Toys R Us didn't get this treatment, Santa Claus? <laughs> hmm? How what? come you let Jeffrey the Giraffe go to the fucking dogs? If that was indeed his name. I can't was, remember. <laughs> I want to say it's Jeffrey. That's a that's good remembering. Do you think that this store in particular, because like Menkel's is very clearly, it's supposed to be like the Macy's that is supporting the Santa Claus parade. They're like, your, your store puts on a parade for me. 
I can't let that go to the dogs. The Macy's Day Parade is Thanksgiving, though. Technically. Mm. If anything, Santa Claus should be in Toronto every fucking year. Well, he is. He's on the last float. You ever watched it? I think that might be the mean Santa Claus. No. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> we, we... That's right, he's eaten by the snow. <laughs> I, I can't get over the part where that mean Santa Claus walks out and you just like hear like, Oh, no, no! It's amazing. And you later find him, he's like been tied up in a dumpster. But where he belongs. That's still pretty dark. Trash Santa. The trash children have struck again. For anyone who is a Teen Titans Go fan. And that one season where every episode is literally holiday based. And their nemesis is Santa Claus. So good. Calling them trash children. We are going to get a chance to talk about Teen Titans Go later on. Because there is a Scooby-Doo crossover. And I'm excited as fuck. I love Teen Titans Go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I said we'll it. go on record. Come at me. Come at us both. I've got my fists up. I'm doing old-timey boxing moves, but you can't see it. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to the beginning of the list here. Dr. Havros Menkel. Doctor? Mister. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what? I'm a little closer to him than you, Amelia. He actually does have a psychology degree. And he opened a toy store. Yeah, because now he's no- he knows the psychology of children. And he's using it for evil? For capitalism? For capitalist evil, yeah. Bastard. I do hate this guy, even when it's revealed that he himself is not the villain. I still do not have any kind of joy in my heart for Mr. Mankel yeah, here. I'm sorry, you're just a fucking, like, high-stakes business owner. I don't relate to you on any terms. He's, uh... His first introduction is him being a huge dick to Fred and his nephew for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, he literally, like, just snarls and growls at the well, gang. Remember the point where he's, like, watching stuff on the security camera and he's like, Cleet, finish this. You don't tell someone to finish this and still be a good guy. You might not be the villain of this mystery. Unless you're Billy talking to me about a puzzle that I had left uncompleted for a year and a half on our dining room table. And then he looks at that and he looks at me and he says, Amelia, finish this. (laughs) Or if it's Amelia and we're having dinner and she's full, but there's still a little left on the plate. And you go, Billy, finish this. Gladly. (laughs) Uh, Fabian Menkel, the nephew. They, They run into the toy store. And he locks the door behind them for safety. (laughs) And it's one tiny little lock that you just click at a 90 degree angle. Yep. Like you have on a bathroom door in a suburban house. Now, there was, uh, if I recall before this, wasn't there like a parade and throngs of people outside? Yeah, they cleared off real fast. I was going to say, if they had actually shown like... Like six or seven people terrified banging on the windows and he locked the door. I don't think he would have been forgivable. Right off the bat, this he's like, mm, a small inconvenience. We're going to have to close the store and cancel Christmas. Yeah, he says, cancel Christmas. I don't think you have power over that, pal. This is a who, all the who's down in Whoville situation. Yeah. You can take our bangles and baubles, but you can't take that Christmas spirit. Or I'll shop somewhere else. Yeah. What One year is store. it? Amazon exists. 
Really, if anything, Amazon is doing more damage to this business than an evil snowman is. That's legitimate. But I, I gotta say, I suspected Fabian right away. I wrote down here, too attractive. Too well, attractive for his own good. sticking point for you. Yeah, people need to work on this. The janitor. Cleet. Cleet. Is nope. it short for Cletus? No. Nope. Or... That's the name on his birth certificate. Cleet, no last name. <laughs> He's called the cleanup man by Fabian, <laughs> which is worse than just saying yeah. janitor. That's an assassin. That is what Cleet is. No, I meant like it's, you think it's derogatory to call someone a janitor. Yeah. Call them the cleanup man is yeah. even worse. It's worse. But like it with an air of, of like, well, what are you cleaning up? Is it, is it, is it, is it people? Are you cleaning up people who are in my way? That's what I get from it. Or maybe it's like, it's a little infantilizing. Like when you call the doctor the boo-boo man. The, the make better boy. Call the cleanup man. Moving on. Yes, thank you. Some dude named Vladimir. Oh, he's the old guy in the haunted oh, yeah. house across the street. Yes, there is an old man in that house, an embittered old man. He wants to be left alone, just to quietly live his existence, but then this fucking toy store goes up. It's like nine stories tall, blocks all his sunlight. It's got a Christmas-themed glockenspiel that goes apparently 24 fucking seven. Yeah. Buddy, you can have this, like, for one minute a day leading up to Christmas. You cannot have a glockenspiel about Christmas going on, like, a warm May evening. No. I won't allow it. it no, I would I, also <laughs> place a curse on this toy store. Yeah, it would definitely drive me to bitter madness. We're told that it, it drove him to become a bitter snowman, his soul bound to snow after he vanished and stopped that glockenspiel. We later learned he moved to Miami because he had money and he had time and he can just live a better life. So, like, I guess he left up his dilapidated manor in this downtown area as, what, spite to the city? That could be it. Maybe he still owns it. Like, oh, hey, fuckers, you wanted this land for, like, city hall development? Fuck you. That's what you get for telling them they can have that clock going all the time. Yeah. I'll be in Miami. My lawyers will continue proceedings. Uh, can we talk about this sinister snowman? I suppose. Triple Tier Mouth is a very good premise for a haunted snowman. I was prepared to give this a low mark when it was just like a snowman chasing them. But as soon as you give it like each of those balls has an independent mouth and you just like get it further and further away from the humanoid shape, I love it. It's kind of like Clayface. Very heavy Clayface feelings to this snowman with his body that can change shape and how it's like a Newtonian fluid and mm -hmm. can reshape itself really easily. The spider legs? It's a little bizarre. Honestly. Yeah. That the snowman would turn into a spider or a giant hand in which to slap them. But I'm down for it. If this was like live action 1994 done with a little stop motion... This shit could be really creepy. Stop motion, Billy. Yeah. I know you get a hard on thinking about Rankin Bass, but Jesus. I'm No, no, no. I'm going like Beetlejuice. Like Beetlejuice. Like Claymation. 
more than stop motion. I'm not, I don't want the snowman coming out here being like, Silver and gold, silver and gold, here are my spider legs. In your mind, what's the difference between claymation and stop animation? It's the same thing in my mind. It's pretty much the same. Claymation is, is more fluid. You could have someone's face melt off. Whereas, like, just stop motion. But isn't Rankin-Bass characters, like, aren't they made of clay? Someone better than I could probably give a better example. I think claymation is when you actually mold it to change it, whereas, like, a lot of stop motion is, like, you have, like, 70 different heads there that you just add. Which is, like, the only thing I've ever known stop. Like, if you look at a behind-the-scenes of Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack has 70, 100,000 heads. I was just trying to get across that I was going for, like, the creepy kind, not the the Rankin-Bass kind. Okay. But I, the I, Rankin-Bass kind is still kind of creepy, but all right, go off. <laughs> I understand that in the context of Christmas specials, asking for stop motion is a very different thing. Fabian is the snowman. Too good looking. He wants to close his uncle's store and sell the land. Uh, yeah, he's been stealing from the store to finance this charade. Yeah, which is so stupid. You're going to embezzle... From a store that's easily traceable because they have accountants and shit, <laughs> instead of just, like... The family fortune? Yeah. Better yet, stealing everything you need to pull it off. Because you're already a criminal. <laughs> um, feasibility. He's shooting rockets with silver iodide into the atmosphere, and then using, like, nitrogen holsters on it. But He's a supervillain. It's impossible. There's no way that you would be able to pull this off in real life. The way that snowman shapeshifts, impossible. Yeah. If you could do this in real life, we would have, we would have had, like, eight Mr. Freezes in real life already trying to pull this shit off. It's impossible. Terror scale, though, I really like it. I really like this creepy snowman. It does real good stuff. And the way it locks them in there in that, like, misty atmosphere really adds to it. And I'm counting that as part of the villain. It's an eight for me. I'm once again disappointed to see another snowman, another Christmas holiday when it could have been leprechauns. Or, like, evil trees or something for Arbor Day. Like, disappointed the haunted holidays always have to be a haunted Christmas. But... I have a soft spot for scary snowmen in my heart, because when I was a kid, the uh, the snowman story that Goosebumps had, yeah. I really liked. Not the abominable snowman of Pasadena, or whatever that fuck was. The other one, like, is it just called the evil snowman? I can't remember. But I always liked that one, and this one is so much better than the What's New Scooby-Doo snowman. Oh, yeah. That was this... literally just showing up to knock down chimneys. So I gave him a seven. This is a fantastic Christmas special. Um, if you if it fulfills its premise of haunted holidays. It Haunted Holiday. Yes. It's only Christmas. If they had thrown a little Hanukkah in there, it would have been better. Maybe maybe the snowman's coming up. Fred uh, fends it off with the lit torches of a menorah. Back! Back, beast! It's probably disrespectful. Probably, and I... I you could know fend it off just as easily with a fake Christmas tree. 
Yeah, but I'm just, I was just trying to get a little Hanukkah in here. You know what? I will let people smarter than me figure that out. Do you have any other thoughts or feelings on this special? Nope. Uh, then I guess all that's left to do is say whether it's a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't. And I'm landing very firmly on the side of Scooby-Doo, absolutely. Oh my god, really? Yeah, I, I loved the atmosphere of it. It felt like it had enough meat on the bone to be a movie, but captured in that 22-minute capsule. I don't know. I went pretty high on the villain, but I don't like the, sh the episode overall. I think th there's no atmosphere that's built up because they can leave the toy store at any point. Real Santa showing up is such a stupid cop-out. I forget the magical whimsy of childhood. It's stupid. <laughs> See, whereas me, even though they go outside, it's like they have to risk going outside. Okay, we get it, Billy. You like the That's... fucking atmosphere. Can I get through my points? Absolutely. Scooby-Don't. There are better Christmas specials for Scooby-Doo. The Nutcracker Scoob is it. So watch that one. Look, am I saying to replace the Nutcracker Scoob with this? Absolutely not. But if you're willing to watch more than one special, include it in your marathon. Coming up next is Mask of the Blue Falcon. Oh, goody. More Blue Falcons. Been, I was going to say it's been a while since we've seen the Blue Falcon, but... I'm I, pretty sure this probably came out with conjunction of the Blue Falcon Mystery Incorporated episode, if we're being honest. That, it, that seems very accurate to me. Because he was in season two of Mystery Incorporated, right? Yeah, like episode 17. Mm, yeah, this is a very solid possibility. This might have even been before that to get kids to know who the fuck Blue Falcon was <laughs> leading up to Heart of Darkness or whatever that episode was called. All right, well, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Blue Falcon again. But until then, listeners, we can be found on Twitter. I am at TheBillySeaguire. Amelia is at FatalAmelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. You can also find our personal Instagram accounts if that's something you're interested in. I am at Fatal Amelia there as well. Billy is Billy Seaguire sans the the. You can stream all our old episodes on our WordPress, our Tumblr, and our YouTube, all under Scooby Doos or Scooby Don'ts. I have my own personal YouTube channel, also under Fatal Amelia. Just search the internet for Fatal Amelia. You'll find my shit out there. Yeah, we. we... Billy is uh, once again editing his Dalek book. So, fingers crossed. It's a project he's working on that you just cannot tangibly hold in your hands But yet. when you can, I will be telling you. And until then, that's it. Well, not until then. We'll be back before then. But, hey, from Scooby-Dooby Us to Scooby-Dooby You. <laughs> I made it seem like we'd be gone until I did that. You also fucked up our ending once again.